Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. I'm excited to share with you a message I believe the Lord has given me that is going to challenge you and strengthen and encourage your heart for the journey God has you on. Stick around afterwards so I can say a prayer over you, your situation, and your family. Thank you again for joining us. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11. We're starting a series today. It's just going to be called Summer Series at Landmark. And uh, we're just going to be preaching on different things through the, through the summer. And uh, I'm excited this morning. I'll be honest with you, my sermon has nothing to do with Father's Day. Um, but I think it's something we all need to hear at this moment in our life and, and just what everybody's going through right now. I think it's good. And I will say, once again, I know Father's Day is difficult. It's like Mother's Day or any of those holidays. If, you, um, if your father's not here or if maybe you didn't have the greatest father, it can bring up bad memories. But I want you to know today that you have a heavenly father that is perfect. And he loves you unconditionally. And um, the Bible says, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does a heavenly father give to us? And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but his point is, he's a good father that gives good gifts to us. And so today, you have an amazing heavenly father, and today I want you to know, you are his beloved children in whom he's well pleased. Just know that about yourself today. You are in the life of the beloved. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Very familiar portion of scripture. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Father, we thank you for your words today. Thank you that... Father, you sent your word because your word encourages us, challenges us, convicts us, and your word gives us what we need to go forward. So, Father, we look to you today. Thank you for your anointing today. And, Father, as we preach today, may people be ministered to, may people be strengthened today. May we leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we've met with Jesus. And because of that, our life has been changed. We ask all these things in the mighty and the holy and the precious name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people together said, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you and I'm trying and you may be seated. By the way, we do have some gifts for the dads out there afterwards. For any man here, we want you to grab. We have a cup when you're walking out. And then for everybody, we have some Cracker Jacks root beer and there's even some bacon in there. And if you know... Um, I can't remember what day of the week God created bacon, but it was right up there with one of the best days of the week, amen? I think most of us would agree that life can be hectic. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I know I'm not that old. I'm 41 years old. But the older I get, the more life seems to speed up. And things just seem to happen at a rapid pace. And it, it feels like there's always something going on in our life that's happening. And because of that, life can beat us up at times. Life can be difficult. And today, I promise you, I'll get encouraging. I'm not trying to discourage you. But maybe you walked in here today and you're just feeling the weight of life. You're feeling the weight of the things you're carrying, the things you're having to do, the things that you're having to go through. Maybe today, maybe you find yourself a single parent and you're having to make decisions that are hard and, and get up and do all these things every single day. Maybe with your family there's decisions or things. Maybe with your job, maybe with your life, maybe whatever it is that you find yourself in a place where you're just walking around and you feel tired. Jesus calls it this way. He says, some of you labor and are heavy 
laden. The word labor in the Greek literally means to be exhausted. If I can say it like we would say growing up, it means to be just bone tired. You're exhausted. Life has a way of doing that to us. Then he says, those not only labor, but you're heavy laden. This is not just a physical thing. You can be tired because you make all the bad, wrong choices, and you don't go to bed early enough, and you don't do the things you're supposed to do, and you don't eat right, and all that stuff, and you can find yourself tired just because of that. But I mean something deeper than that. You find the weight of the world, the weight of things you've had to do, and you feel yourself heavy laden. You feel like I've been laboring. You feel like I'm heavy laden. Jesus today gives us a promise and here's what he says first he says if you feel that way if you walked in here today and you I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands but I think if I did hands would go up everywhere if you walked in here today and said preacher that is me here are the words that Jesus says listen to these very carefully he says come to me come to me Here's the problem. We go to everything else. We go to everything in the world. We refuse to go to the right source, and we try everything first. And then we tell Jesus, Jesus, you got a lot of people to deal with. There's all these billions of people. you got a lot of things. you got a lot of stuff you've got to handle. But you know what, Lord? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to handle this myself, and then if I need you, I'll give you a call. We put Jesus on the back burner. We make him the last resort. And I want you to know today, Jesus doesn't want to be your last resort. He wants to be your first choice. He doesn't want to be the last thing you go to. He wants to be the first thing you run to. You see, I think in life we have our priorities all wrong. I think that's one thing wrong with our society. We have our priorities wrong. We, we list all these things, and we say we love Jesus. And we say, Jesus, you're up here. But the truth is, we don't live that way. But let me let you in on a secret. Jesus doesn't want to be at the top of your list. Jesus doesn't want to be number one on your list. Jesus wants to make your list. He wants to be Lord of the list. He wants to be over all of it. He doesn't just want you to make him a priority number one. And then here, Jesus, I'll give you 15 minutes this morning, but the rest of the day is mine. Jesus said, no, you come to me and you get your priorities right. You put yourself in the right priority. I've said this several times lately, but Jesus said it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. When you get the cart before the horse and you seek after the wrong things, you will find yourself worn out and tired and exhausted but when you seek after Jesus when you seek after the right things then you know what you will find yourself at a place of rest because you are seeking after him and he will make the things happen that need to happen when you go after him first amen this might be a weird a weird thought but I grew up in church and we had church all the time and I'm not saying we should go back to that but we had church it seemed like every night of the week and I remember having revivals where you would stay up late and we'd have school the next day. I have to still get up. And I remember thinking the next day, I'm tired, but it was a good kind of tired. And if you've ever experienced like that, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you've experienced the presence of God and you were there for a long time and you're tired, but it's a good kind of tired. There's a good kind of tired you can be. There's a tired where you're still doing activities, but you know what? You are in Christ. You're seeking after the right things. To be in Christ doesn't mean I'm lazy and I do nothing. It means that I'm seeking after the right stuff. And so as I do that, there are times I'm still tired. There are times, listen, I tell you all the time, I chase around a two-year-old and, and, and I'm carrying around a six-month-old. Believe me, like 
life gets tired sometimes. Life gets hard when you have an active child that runs when they, their feet hit the ground, doesn't stop until they lay in the bed at night, and you run all day long at 41 years of age. Believe me, it gets tired. But whenever I know I'm in God's will and I'm seeking after Him, it's a good kind of tired. I'm not exhausted because life was pulling it out of me. I am in Christ, and I am finding what I need in Him, and my priorities are a place where He makes my list. He comes before everything else. He is Lord of that. And so Jesus said, if you're tired, quit going to everything else and come to me. Amen? And listen, I, wanna, I don't want to contradict myself because we believe in relationships here and, I, and the value of relationships. But I believe some of you need to stop going to everybody else too and go to Jesus. We pick up the phone and we call everybody and then finally we'll get a hold of Jesus. And there's, there needs to be some things that you go to the Lord and you leave it there. That's the old song. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And there's some things that you, you say, well, if I don't tell anybody, I'm carrying it. No, you're not. No, you're not, because you're leaving it with Jesus. But you realize Jesus says, come to me first. Make me the first thing you run to. Come to me and leave it with me. And as you do that, something will happen. Are you still with me? Say amen this morning. He said, when you come to me, I will give you rest. Now listen, physical rest is important. I, I, it's interesting to me with the Ten Commandments. We take those, and whether you believe me or not, whether you know it or not, we prioritize those. If you were to say, thou shalt not murder, we'd say, yes, do not murder somebody. That's horrible. Don't steal. I don't like a thief. I don't, you probably don't either. Don't steal. Well, I mean, I don't like. I don't like people that steal stuff from me. Amen? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want somebody committing adultery. That's terrible. But then we say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And probably the majority of us don't do that at all. But it's one of the ten. Jesus said, I mean, excuse me, God said the, the very, on day seven, he said, I've created all these things, and now I'm going to rest. If God needed to rest, how much more do we need to rest? So here's my thing, though. There are times resting is spiritual. You know what Elijah did on the most depressed day of his life? Whenever Elijah thought he was going to be killed by Jezebel, the Bible says he went and took a nap, and he woke up, and he ate a snack. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap and eat a snack. I'm serious. There are times, in, I mean, it's funny, but there are times in your life, the best thing you can do is I'm going to go take a nap, and I'm going to eat a snack afterwards, and I'm going to be fine. Listen to me. You need rest, but don't misunderstand what Jesus is saying. He's not talking about physical rest. He's not just saying, if you come to me, you get to take good naps. He says something. You have rest for your soul. What Jesus offers you is not just physical sleep. He offers you rest for your soul. All the restlessness inside of you, all the anxiety all the stress, all the things we deal with in our society. We are the most medicated generation in the history of the world because of all the stress and anxiety and all the things on top of us that we are facing right now. And Jesus said, come to me and I will give your soul rest. It's the same thing David said in Psalm 23. He makes me to lie down by still waters. He restores my soul. Jesus came to restore your soul soul. He came to give you strength. He came to make your anxiety be lowered. He came to help you with stress. He came to say, come to me and I will be the answer and I will give you rest for your soul. Amen. Man, I'm, I'm preaching way better than you're shouting this morning. That's good stuff. And then he says this. He says, take my yoke from me and learn from me. Here's the reason he did that. It's because 
Well, he was trying to teach us a principle that farmers understand. I don't have a yoke up here this morning. I asked a few people. Nobody had one. So um, anyway, I'll just give you an image. Just stick with me. Don't go to sleep. When a farmer would take an ox, he would take two ox. He would take these oxen and he would yoke them together. And if you know a yoke is, a yoke is this wooden thing, contraption. He would put on their shoulders and it would tie them, harness them together so that they'd go plow or do whatever they needed to done. Ox are brutal. They have brute strength. I mean, they are strong animals, but they're kind of dumb. Okay? I'm looking at myself right now. Just kidding. And so they need some help. So here's what they did. They would take two ox, but they wouldn't take two young ox. Because a young ox, one wanted to run over here, and one wanted to run over here. And you put two young ox together, and the field looked like this when they got done with it. So he would take an old ox that knew exactly what they were doing, where they were supposed to go, where they're supposed to plow, and they would put that, that older ox on one side, and they would take the younger ox and put the younger ox on the other side. And when that younger ox would begin to try to run away, that older ox would stay steady, and he would pull that one with him, and he would keep going. And when the younger ox wanted to run off, the older ox was saying, and however they said it, I don't know if ox moo or whatever they do, what kind of noise they make, but in their language, what the older ox was telling the younger ox was you learn from me and I will show you what you're supposed to do you know what the Bible says here's what it means I always thought I'll be honest I'm, I'm 41 I've been in church all my life I just always imagined Jesus saying here take this yoke off of you and I'm going to hand you another yoke and you can put it on that's not what he means what he literally means is you are going to be yoked up with me I'm the older brother. I'm the one over here holding you steady. And you just get under the yoke with me. And we'll be yoked up together. So I am yoked up with Jesus. He's the one showing me where to go. And that's why he says, learn from me. Because I am called to be yoked up with him. Not having my own yoke to do whatever I want to do. He's saying, be yoked up with me. I am. He is keeping pace. Here's the problem. You want to keep pace of your life. And then you want to tell Jesus, just come follow me. I'm going to do my thing and just follow me. And Help me out when I get in trouble. I got one dad joke for the day. Can I say it? If you think that you're going to outpace Jesus, the yoke's on you. That was my one. Thank you. Thank you. That was my one dad joke for the day. We are not called to outpace Jesus. We're not called think I'm going to run my life the way I want to in Jesus. I hope you follow after me. And if I get down in the ditch, I mess up, just pull me out. Jesus is saying no. He's saying you stay yoked up with me. And because you do that, learn from me. Take my yoke. Get under this thing with me and learn from me. And as you learn from me, I will give you rest. Because here's the other thing. There was a story about a preacher who was preaching this one day and a farmer came up to him, or a farmer's son came to him one day and he said, do you know why Jesus says my burden is easy and my yoke is light? And the preacher said, I guess I don't know exactly. He said, I watched my dad growing up on the farm and the yoke was not equal. One side was heavier than the other. And he said, he took those, that young ox and the old ox and he put them together, number one, so the young ox could learn from the old ox, but number two, he would put the strain of the weight on the old ox because that old ox knew how to carry it. 
And he would carry the weight of the burden. And that way, when the young ox was going, yes, it was still hard, but it was lighter than the older ox was carrying. And he carried, the, the younger ox carried the lighter load, and they went together. What Jesus is saying is this, that yes, you still have a burden. Life has burdens. Life has difficulties. Life has challenges. But Jesus' point is this. When you get yoked up with me, that you, now your burden is easy. Your yoke is light. Why? Because he's carrying the load. Jesus is the one carrying the load for us. He carried the load 2,000 years ago when he put a cross on his back and he marched Calvary and he died on the cross for our sins but he didn't stay dead three days later he rose again he carried the weight of our sin but you know what Jesus didn't just say I carried your sin I'm not carrying anything else I'll see you in heaven one day good luck while you're on earth you know what he does he says get yoked up with me right now this is the life I have for you and if you'll get yoked up with me guess what here's what's going to happen I'm going to teach you and I'm going to show you what to do and then I'm going to make it easy for your life. Not easy in the sense that we don't have to do anything, but in the sense that we don't have to carry the burdens that he carries. Amen? Listen to Isaiah chapter 40. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? I love that. In our, in our, in our modern vernacular, Jesus or God is saying here to Isaiah, don't you know who you're dealing with? Don't you have any idea who I am? Don't you know what's going on in your life? Don't, if you knew, if you knew who you were dealing with, you would act different. Don't you know? Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God says there, the young people that are supposed to have the energy, they're going to get tired. And the old folks, you might as well give up. They're going to utterly fall down. Okay? That's literally what it says. The younger people are going to get tired and worn out, and the old folks aren't even going to make it. They're just going to fall right there because you, when that's how life feels sometimes. But, I love that word, but, 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 but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. If you ever see me out running in town, I want you to call the police for whatever's behind me because something is chasing me, I promise you that. Because I can't go very far or very fast. But here's what God says. God says whenever you, I give you divine strength, you're going to run and you're not going to grow weary. You're going to walk and you're not going to faint. You're going to keep going. I'm gonna, but they that wait upon the Lord. Here's the problem. Once again, we want to do our thing and then tell God exactly what we need to do. Hey, when my brother won earlier, guess what? He was the one that took the Oreo the slowest to get it down there. That was smart. Nothing against the other guys. But it, it was slow and steady, won the race. It might not happen in the second service, so I'm going to use the illustration of the first service. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
We want to live in this fast-paced society where we go, 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 go. And God says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. But here's the problem. Here's what I thought the Holy Spirit gave me about this whole thing. It comes down to this one thing. Many of you are yoked up with the wrong thing. Many of you are carrying the yokes of the wrong things. Some of you are carrying yokes of shame and guilt, your past. You're carrying yokes of what people have said about you, what people have done to you. You're carrying the yokes of things that don't need to be there, and it is weighing you down because you have the wrong things on your shoulders. You're trying to carry all the loads yourself. Some of you refuse to have any kind of help, and you try to carry everything. And here's what God said to you this morning. There is only one thing that can break off the yoke and the Bible says this it is God's anointing that breaks the yokes it is God coming and meeting with you and his anointing that will break off those old yokes off your life the yoke of shame and guilt the yoke of trying to be good enough the yoke of trying to measure up the yoke of trying to do everything to please everybody when you get to that place in your life where you constantly I've had a revelation recently but the truth is this I've lived all of my life wanting to not disappoint people and I'm still that way I hate disappointing people. I will, I will, my wife says, you say yes to all kinds of things because you don't want to disappoint anybody. And it's true, I don't. I don't like disappointing anybody. And I want to try to make everybody as happy as we can. But the other day, I looked at my family and I said, I've got a heavenly father that loves me, who, know, who says I'm his beloved son. I've got a wife who loves me. I've got two boys that act like it's the greatest thing in the world. When I walk in the room, I just saw them five seconds ago. Their eyes light up, and they at least, you know, Boston starts laughing. Benjamin runs to dad, dad. I mean, literally, I just saw him a minute ago, but dad, dad, and running up to me. And I looked at them, and I said, Lord, if, if, if I've got this, I've got you and this, why do I have to live to try to make everybody in my life happy and pleased? Because I know my identity is not in what everybody thinks about me. My identity is what he says about me. And in the people that he's given me to be a shepherd and to love, and I, and I shepherd you as well, but my family is, is the one that God has called me to make sure that I love well and that I pour into them well. I put this post on my Facebook for Father's Day, but I had a dad who, I was an only child, so it was a little easier, and he had one, one child. But I had a father that every Thursday, it was only two hours, but in my little mind, it felt like an eternity. He picked me up from school, and from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, we ate dinner early growing up, we ate at 5 at five o'clock from three o'clock to five o'clock we spent our time together we would go climb in creeks and carve our names in trees we would go climb sand dunes and play around we'd play basketball all these different things we would do for two hours every thursday the church people knew thursday afternoon he was not going to do anything because that was his time with me and he poured into my life and looking back on it being a pastor now i know how hard it is things come up people want things funerals and different stuff but i saw a dad who i don't i literally don't remember hardly maybe a couple times a year that he ever did not spend that time with me and i realized as busy as he was as much as he was doing he prioritized pouring into my life and i want you to know today this because of that it has changed the way i even look at my own sons i want you to know today that god loves you with an everlasting love and maybe you didn't have that kind of thing growing up, but I want you to know today, he wants to melt off every yoke on you that is wrong. Every yoke. And so you know what? When you have the right yoke, now when you raise your family, you say, I am going to be the person I am called to be. 
I'm going to be the husband or the wife. I'm going to be the father or the mother. I am going to pour into the next generation the way I'm supposed to. And I believe part of that is we put on the right yoke. We begin to carry the right things. Let the anointing of God break off the yokes that have held you back. Some of you have things that have held you back. And God says, I have a purpose and a plan and a destiny for your life. But my anointing is the only thing that is going to break your yoke. And what I love to see happen all the time here. Last week, we baptized 14 people and 15 people raised their hand to get saved. We always want to be a church that is helping people realize God wants to transform you. God wants to change your life. God wants to break every yoke off of you. He wants to make you a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away and behold all things have become new. We serve a God of the second chance and a God of the 50th chance and the God of the 100th chance. We serve a God who never fails and he never gives up on us but we're called to hook our life up with his. Amen? And when I'm hooked up with Jesus man, no matter what happens no matter what I go through in life no matter what storms come, you may walk in here today and say, Preacher, you don't know what I'm up against. You don't know what we talked about in our marriage today, this week. You don't know what my family's going through. You're right, I don't. But I know a God who knows everything. And I know a God who says, if you'll come to me, I will give you rest for your soul. If you'll get yoked up with me, I'm going to make sure your burden is easy. And your yoke is light. I'm going to give you the life you're called to live. But you've got to look to me and allow my anointing to break off the old yokes. Allow my anointing to change you and set you free. And then begin to take my yoke upon you. And here's what the enemy, because listen, many of you, the enemy wants your soul in constant chaos. The enemy wants to make your life like this, just always messed up, always drama. That's what the enemy wants, because the enemy wants you tired and weary. But Jesus said, I am the Prince of Peace. He came to give you peace. He came to bring peace. He came to break down every wall that stands between you and peace. And he came to be your Prince of Peace. And if you'll allow him to do that for you today, God is going to change your situation in your life. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Will the worship team join me this morning? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. I pray it was a blessing to your heart, and I pray that it challenged you and encouraged you. I want to say a prayer over whatever you're going through right now. We believe we serve a God who is more than able to minister, to make a difference. And so I want to say a prayer over you right now. Father, I just thank you for those that are listening right now, that you are working in their life in ways they can't even see, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above what they could ever ask or think. I just pray for strength right now for the journey. I pray that you be with them, continue to touch them and strengthen them. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey, thank you again for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to our website at landmarkchurchok.com. We're on social media. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you soon.